You are listening to the Married 2.0 Podcast, Episode 27. Welcome to Married 2.0. I'm your host, Amy Sanders. I'm a fitness and wellness pro, mom, stepmom, second wife, and master certified life coach. I'm here to help you manage your emotions, your relationships, and life so you can live a healthier, happier life. Welcome everyone. I am here with Trisha Nelson. She is an expert in her field and we are talking today about something a little bit different. So when it comes to relationships, this one is about food. (laughs) So we're talking about food today and I'm really excited. Trisha has been in this, this industry for over 30 years and it started when she found herself, you know, with her own emotional addictions to food. And so she had to go down her own little road of self-discovery. And I'm sure she's going to talk about it even better than I can because it's her story. But she lost, did you say 50 pounds? Yes. Correct. 50 pounds over 30 years ago. And then since then you've helped other people do the same. You've become an entrepreneur along the way. You have done all kinds of media, which is amazing. She's been, um, you're also an author. So mm-hmm. she has a best-selling author of Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating Now. Uh, she has her Heal Your Hunger show. Basically, we have a big deal on with us today, and I'm so excited to have you. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm a big deal only in my own mind. <laughs> Let's, Let me clear. <laughs> You're a big deal in my mind too. I'm so honored to have you. So thank you so much for being on the show. So let's talk about it. It's not just about pounds, a couple of calories, you know, the calorie deficit. Everyone's like, if I drop or 500 calories a day, that's 3,500 calories a week, which means I'll lose a pound a week. And then that's, that's all it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> You know, in my experience, if somebody's been struggling with food and weight for a long period of time, there's some emotional ties to food. And without addressing that, it's going to be hard. You know, if for anybody who's had stubborn weight loss, you know, like weight, like will not go away and they've done the calorie deficit thing or eat less exercise more thing or the keto thing or the IF thing or whatever, you know, my experience is the gap, the thing that keeps people from reaching their weight loss goals is often the emotional eating connection, you know, and that certainly was the case for me, you know, as, as you said, I've been 50 pounds overweight and I tried everything. So I did all the diets, all the exercise programs, pills, potions, lotions, 12 step programs, self-help books. Like I tried so many things. Um, and I still, you know, I mean, I could lose weight, Amy, but I would like, I was a yo-yoer, so I could lose like 20 and then gain 10 back and then do really good hard work and then get lose 30, but gain 20 back. And I had like five different sizes of jeans in my closet. Cause I never knew what size I was going to be. And so I was really up and down and by a certain age, I had done so much, you know, I was young, obviously, but I, I had done so many different things that I was just like, I can't spend the rest of my life going up and down the scale, especially when I'm trying hard. I mean, it's not like I was just out eating ice cream and, you know, brownies. I mean, I was like really trying to be quote good 
And still I would, you know, lose control of food binge, you know, and then say, screw it and then get back on track. And it was this whole cycle over and over a lot of self-sabotage. And that's really when I realized I had to do something totally different. And that's really when my life changes, I started doing the inner journey of weight loss. And, you know, my company heal your hunger, our tagline is weight loss from the inside out, you know, so I'd say if somebody is struggling chronically with food and weight, they might need that an inside journey. Well, I've been in the, the health and wellness industry for over 20 years, right? And yeah. I've tons and tons of people lose a bunch of weight. And I'm the same way. Like the reason why I wanted you on this podcast is because what you just said, I think so many women identify with. Yeah. And especially because we, you know, women want to look pretty and they want to feel attractive and they want to have confidence and they want to have all of these things. And they attach a lot of it to how they look in the mirror. Yeah. Pounds on the scale, you know? Yep. Me too. I and had so, two. And that's me too, right? So I, I'm a fitness trainer too. And I was like, okay, hey, I still struggle with this. Even today, here's the truth. I'm actually, I'm, I'm admitting something today. Okay. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Drum roll, please. <laughs> no, no, no. So <laughs> I got, I got on the scale today. I have not been on cause I still don't even like to get on the scale and I do this kind of work. Right. Yeah. And I'm all, oh my gosh, I'm up. I'm up about 15 pounds. I didn't even want to see it because I could feel it, but I made that number mean something. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously I've got stuff going on too. So talk to us. How, how do we, <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. Well, I love your vulnerability. I'm, I'm sure that's why people adore you and listen to your show um, and work with you. So, you know, what I have to say about the scale, first of all, is that, you know, the scale is the devil. <laughs> you know we become so attached to the scale and that number and my experience with the scale because I had my own relationship with it too um but my experience with the scale is that if you give it the power to make you feel good you automatically give you give it the power to make you feel bad you know and this is what it does and the reason why the scale is so it's such a trigger is that if it tells you something you want to hear, like you're like, oh my gosh, like four pounds. I literally just had this conversation with a client yesterday. You know, she got it. I, I told her to stay off the scale. Like, you know, you know, when your pants are loose or tight, you know, so stay off the scale, especially at the beginning, we got to cut, we got to break loose from this diet mentality, you know, uh, which is very destructive. And so she's like, Patricia, I didn't believe you. So I got on the scale I was four pounds down and sure enough, this is what I told her would happen. Sure enough. I was like, Ooh, I got some wiggle room, you know? So then she starts eating things like she was trying to stay away from and boom, you know, one or two pounds up. And she's like, I can't believe it. You know? So it either gives us permission to eat. Cause we're all like, Woo, I got some space. Right. Um, which makes no sense. It's like, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to lose weight, you know, and you're losing weight, stay on it, like do the deal. Um, don't, don't get creative, but, but we also, if we get on the scale and it tells us we're four pounds up or, you know, however many pounds up then, you know, and we've been trying to lose weight. It's such a trap because we're like, screw it. Like, what's the point? You know, it's not working. And we go into this like spiral, you know, and then we're, then we're like comforting ourselves with food. We're like, screw this, you know, doing good thing. So it's really a trap either way. And it's so much better to just, you know, 
focus on, as I always say, the inside journey, but also the stress, you know, so much of the time overeaters are overdoers and we do too much. We put too much on our plate, so to speak. And so to me, we have to start looking at how we're living because how we're living is creating the stress that we stress eat over you know, because I thought, I, honestly, Amy, I thought I just liked food. When I started my journey, you know, um, I thought I just liked food. And I remember my sister came home. She's like, I'm an emotional eater. And I thought I didn't really like her. So I, anything she said, I discounted. <laughs> so so she's like, I'm an emotional eater. And I'm thinking, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, eating over your emotions. But once you hear it, you can't unhear it, you know? So after that, I start kind of checking out my behaviors. And like, I'd go to, you know, Denny's or some restaurant, you know, um, with friends and they would eat, like they'd order a sandwich and it would come with fries. Well, what better food in the world is there than fries? So, so, you know, they would eat their sandwich and pick up their fries. Well, I would eat my fries and pick up my sandwich because I would never leave a French fry on my plate. And just that alone got me thinking, you know, I am not like my friends. Like I've got a little bit different relationship with food than my friends do. Like they're like, ah, take it or leave it. Or they're eating like a Sunday, like a hot fudge Sunday, And like halfway through, they're like, they push it away and they're like, I'm full. And I'm like, what does full have to do with it? Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's so good. I'm going to eat every bite of the Sunday. Yeah, always, always, always. So it's definitely, I definitely had a different relationship with food. And, you know, it was that, you know, and it wasn't, obviously I wasn't eating for nutrition. I wasn't overeating because I had some, you know, uh, nutritional deficits, you know, that that food I was choosing had to, you know, supply me. So, So I really had to see that there was an emotional connection there. Like I, food is doing something for me. And so much of the time we know what food does to us. Like it gives you cancer, gives you heart disease, you know, diabetes, whatever. So we know what it does to us. But what I started cluing into is what it was doing for us. And so I have a simple formula to help people start kind of thinking, what is it doing for me? So then this will kind of, I think, spell it out for people. So it's called the PEP test and P-E-P, PEP is an acronym. And so the first P is painkiller. So food, especially heavy foods like carbs, complex carbs, and, you know, or whatever kind of carbs, heavier foods, uh, carbs, sugar, and fat, my three favorite food groups, by the way. So, you know, if you can get them all in one item, like a donut or a pastry, you're, you're, you're golden. So, so these, these heavier, denser calorie rich foods, they do deaden our pain. They numb us out. You know, and that's why, I mean, even if somebody isn't an overeater, like people think, oh, I'm not, I'm not overweight. I can't be an emotional eater. Sure you can, you know, or I'm not a binger. I can't be an emotional eater. Sure you can, you know, and so you don't have to be overweight. You don't have to be a binger. Even if you're drawn to heavier carby foods, like you'd rather eat a potato than broccoli. You know, if you, if you're, you're drawn to like, you know, bananas or dried fruit instead of an apple, you know, it's, those are heavier, denser foods. And we're, we're, we crave those because they, well, first of all, the sugar content content is addictive physically, but beyond that, 
it's an emotional thing. That's where we feel comforted. That's where we feel like we're going to get kind of some protection from, you know, the pain of life. And so we do choose heavier foods, even if we don't binge on them, we choose heavier foods because they do kind of soften the rough edges of life. So food is definitely a painkiller for emotional eaters. It's also the E in PEP stands for escape. So food is a form of escape where, you know, sometimes we're just, you know, we have that free floating, floating fear, you know, especially in a pandemic, you know, where everything's a little bit, you know, or a lot upended and all of a sudden you can walk out of your house and die. And then it comes back again because we have like a whole nother deal going on. So it's like, what is going on here? And all of a sudden we just want to escape our reality. Like reality just seems too intense. And so we want to run away from it. And food is a great way to do that. We get our snacks, we sit in front of the TV and we veg out, you know? And so food, again, gives us that chance to escape. And the third, the last P in PEP stands for punishment. And this is a little counterintuitive because we don't think of food as punishment. We generally think of it as reward. But the truth is, that if anybody's like me, where you you start to eat, you're like, da da da, this is great, end of the week, I deserve this. But before you know it, you're like overeating, overindulging, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, got out of your salty with your sweet, you know, and you end up going overboard and feeling totally sick, you know, and pissed at yourself. Like, why did I just do that? I feel so gross. You know, and the next day you cancel your date with your girlfriends because you don't want to be seen. You've got, you know, bloat, Um, and you feel gross, you pull the curtains, you know, so it's like, that is not a reward. I'm sorry. Like that is like, we do that to ourselves time and time again, you know, then we hate our bodies. We're like scrutinizing the fat rolls and all this, like we do punish ourselves with food and it's just not, it's, it's counterintuitive because we think of it as reward, but you know, the truth is subconsciously we do carry guilt very easily over eaters or over feelers. And we feel guilty about everything, especially when we mess up around food. Like we just get the mallet out and start beating ourselves up. And so food oftentimes is a really efficient, effective way to kind of beat ourselves up. And so that these are three motivators, you know, that people don't think of. So, but I want, I, I offer that pep test. So like next time you go to the kitchen, like five times of an evening, looking like, see if there's something new that's in the refrigerator, you know? (laughs) So, you know, what's going on? Like, just ask yourself, like, what, what's going on? You know, am I, am I, is there something like that's hurting? Like, do I, do I have tension in my relationship? Do I have a job I just absolutely hate and dread going back to every day? Um, do I have a sick parent or ki- you know a kid who's dysregulated? Like, where's the pain that I want to anesthetize? You know, or what's you know where in my reality am I just feeling like I can't deal and I want to escape? Or you know what am I feeling bad about that instead of addressing head on, I'm just trying to kind of beat myself up, take measures into my own hands. So just asking that question, like taking a little pep test, I think can help people start just at least start to tune in and tap into the fact that maybe there's something else going on. Maybe I don't just like chocolate, you know, there's a little more to it than that. I think everything you just said is so powerful because as you're going through the pep test, I'm all guilty. Guilty. <laughs> guilty. And I was completely guilty 
of all three of these things, like last week was just an insane week for me. Not my favorite week I've lived through, but mm. you know, and I'm all, um, I, yep. I is literally guilty of all three of these things just even last week. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's a fluid thing. Yeah. It's a fluid thing, right? Like it's this, this, but this is the real stuff. You know, when you start asking the, instead of like, damn, what, what next diet, like, you know, when our house is on fire, all we want to do is put the fire out, you know? So when we feel fat and we're like, just like at our wits end with our jeans, not fitting, you know, we just, we go to the diet. Like, we're like, what can I do to get this weight off fast? Never mind that we've been doing that for decades, you know? And so it's just really important to shift our thinking away from the diets to like, where is the pain? Like, where is, you know, where am I hurting? And then picking up new tools to address that. And that's so much of what the heal your hunger message is about is, you know, picking up new tools that can lower our stress, help us feel more centered and grounded, help alleviate, alleviate some of those free floating fears that we have. So we don't turn to food for that because so often when food has been our go-to, and then we just go on that quick fix diet, you know, we've taken away our number one and number two, number three coping tool, which is to eat. You know, we, we eat when we're, we're sad, when we eat, when we're happy, when we're stressed, when we're lonely, when we're bored, you know, and if you just take food out of the picture and you have nothing to replace it, of course, you're going to turn to food again. Like, of course, I mean, that's why 98% of all diets fail because we're just doing rinse and repeat. Like we're, we're, we're doing the diet and hang up, having not, no other leg to stand on. And that's what we have to build out as new legs to stand on when we're not turning to food anymore. Yeah. So how do we do that? Well, it's not as hard as it seems, you know, and what I've done is, you know, is I, based on my own healing journey, I've really codified what I did, what I was taught into seven simple steps, you know, and Um, And that's my book. My book is called heal your hunger, seven simple steps to end emotional eating now. And, um, and I have a program that really takes people deep dive into that healing journey. And what it's really about is, you know, I teach very little about food specifically. Um, I don't give people a diet. Everybody wants to diet. Like, tell me what to eat. You know, but I I would rather, I would rather people start dealing, you know, doing this inner journey, you know, having new tools for alleviating, alleviating stress, eating in a way that's super simple. Like I recommend what I call three meal magic with this, which is three meals a day with nothing in between. Cause if you cut out the snacks, you cut out so many of the foods that cause weight gain, you know, all the snacky foods like nuts and chips and, you know, candies and kisses, you know, Hershey's kisses and all this like you cut out snacking and boy, oh boy, you're, you're back to real food, you know, and real food is always going to be a better choice. But again, you know, the, uh, clean eating is only a food plan if you don't put those tools underneath it. So what I teach is I teach something called the six self-care success secrets. And these are ways to start your day. Like so many people start their day, just reacting to stress, you know, like kids are making noise, you know, they need to be fed, you know, there's uh, emails in my mailbox, there's, you know, texts that need to be answered. And it's just this whirlwind of stress. Plus we turn on the news, like that's gonna just solve everything, right? It makes everything worse. (laughs) While everything else is going on, we've got all this terrible news. So, you know, it's really important that we change that up. 
And we start the day put by putting money in our spiritual bank account, you know, and when I say spiritual, I say it in the broadest sense of the world, world word, whatever gives you a sense of peace and calm, you know, whatever grounds you, whatever helps, you know, you're not alone, you know, that you're one with a greater force, you know, and so doing that by meditation, prayer, reading spiritual literature, whatever, again, whatever gives you that sense of peace and calm starting the day with these practices is so grounding, you know, and the most effective people generally do have some kind of spiritual practice, you know, it's like, it just, it makes good sense, right? Because then we're getting grounded. And like I say, we're putting money in our spiritual bank account that we can take withdrawals from later in the day. So, you know, afternoon and evening is the hardest time for emotional eaters. That's when we like, we're low in energy and we're eating food, you know, eating chocolate, you know, from chocolate cravings or drinking coffee, right. To try to give ourselves some more oomph to get through the day. Well, if we, you know, have put money in our spiritual bank account, first thing in the morning, we've got resources to draw on that are so much better than coffee and candy, you know, and then we can draw on that and even take a time out, you know, for some more just, you know, spiritual nourishment, that's going to be so much healthier than than just waiting until we're totally tapped out energy wise, we're stressed out, we're up to, you know, up to our gills with stress and demands. And of course, we're going to reach for quick fix, you know, but it takes some forethought, like we got to start the day on the right foot, you know, and so that's super, super important for people to do. And we just don't, we, we kind of know we should do it. I'm not, I'm not like, this is not rocket science, you know, like, like I'm reminding people because I think we all know it, but we don't do it. And that's why all my, you know, my, my programs are in, we do it with other emotional eaters because the community of being with others who know what it's like to be powerless over a cookie. Like it just, it, it's very nourishing in and of itself, but it also helps stay on the path of doing first things first, you know, getting our priorities straight. Um, and when we do that, it just makes it so much easier to live through the day, you know, without turning to food, because as we were talking before we hit record, you know, it really is a living problem, not an eating problem you know, and we're always so focused on the food and the weight, which to me is a symptom. It's a symptom of how we're living. So we have to, you know, we got to go deeper. It's such a good, I want to say reminder, but it's actually more of like a, like mind blown, like, okay, it's how we're living. It's not just the diet. It's not just the calories. It's not just what you hear everywhere else. Yeah. Your take on it is so much deeper. And that's, that's what I love. Yeah. Well, it's the real thing. I promise you. It it seems like, you know, we're, we're in such quick fix mode all the time. Like, let's just fix this symptom, but it will be back if we don't go deeper. Right. Okay. So you've talked about, you have, I know you have this quiz. I know you have like, uh, programs and everything that's helping just so many people. So let's, Tell me about this. Yeah. So I think people get more of you really. Yeah. So I think the first step, which is really what I've created as, as a first step, I think is really useful. And it's a quiz, like find out where you are on the emotional eating spectrum, because um, you know, I think, I think we all are, have a, you know, we have a tendency to overeat or emotionally eat. I don't think anybody is really 
um, you know, exempt from, you know, it's easy to do. Like, it's just, you get something yummy. You just don't want to stop. So, so in some degree, to some degree, we have, you know, this hard wiring perhaps to use food for comfort. So it's not a terrible thing. It's not something to beat yourself up about, but some people take it a lot further. That was me. And I ate so much and so long and went such down such a dark hole with it and self-hatred and just like being myself up and being out of control with my weight that I was really food addicted. So my, the quiz I have to offer people is going to help them know it's a free quiz. It takes like three minutes, but it helps you know where you are on the spectrum of emotional eating, whether you're on the low end emotional eater, just kind of run in the mill, you know, go over two uh, once in a while, but you have control. You don't have too many consequences or on the high end, which is food addiction, where you have very little control and a whole lot of consequences after years of doing this. So take the free quiz learn kind of where you stand on that. And then you get steps, you know, that you can take beyond that. The quiz is on my website, which is healyourhunger.com, H-E-A-L, healyourhunger.com. And that's a great place to start. Um, I also do have a podcast called the Heal Your Hunger Show. And I do, I talk a lot about my own personal journey and even just day-to-day you know, little challenges I come upon, you know, and how I deal with them instead of turning to food. So uh, people seem to really like that because I do get pretty personal. <laughs> you know, some people might not like it. I don't know, but it, I just find it kind of fun. And I do, you know, um, have health experts as well. But um, so the podcast is great. And also um, I'm on Instagram, Trisha Nelson underscore underscore is on the last N in Nelson. So it's Trisha Nelson underscore. And I, I post almost every day. So I do a lot on Instagram as well. But these are just ways to get started. And of course, my book and somebody goes to my website, healyourhunger.com. There's a link there to my book as well, which is on Amazon. Awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, so what's one thing before you just said all that I was like, I'm gonna, what's one thing they can do to just take a step forward? I'm like, it's your quiz. Yeah, that's, that's you know, making them aware, like, okay, if we have this food addiction, and it really is going back to the podcast, we talk a lot about relationships, relationship with yourself, relationship with others, relationship with your partner. Uh, but when you have this relationship with food, it actually can affect all these areas. A hundred percent. You know, the, the beating up that you do to yourself. And so if you can move through this and take the steps you need to here, you're going to be so much better off in all these other areas. So I really think it's just really powerful information. Absolutely. Yeah. Our, you know, our relationship with food affects everything. It has a ripple effect to everything, good and bad. You know, when we're not feeling good about our bodies, when we're not feeling good about our food choices, it does color everything. It colors our energy, our confidence, you know, what we do in the bedroom. Like, yeah, I don't know about you, but when I feel yucky, you know, in the past, I would like, I'm like, nope, no, we're closed. <laughs> Like, like, don't touch me. (laughs) Yeah. So it does, it, it affects our, you know, our work, everything. So, and, but on the positive side too, we're feeling good about ourselves and we're starting to build our self-confidence, start to find that calm, peaceful place inside. We're more unflappable. We're not, you know, an emotional wreck. We're not turning to food to just bolster us up. We're actually using new resources and it just makes life so much, so much better. Yeah. So true. Thank you so much for all of your awesome advice. I loved your like pet test. I'm like, Hey, yep. Clearly I have some stuff I haven't worked through completely. And it just makes you aware of it. So thank you so much for 
for everything you've said and for giving us your time and being on the podcast. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thanks for all your awesome work that you do with your clients. I just, I love uh, seeing what you're up to in the world. Well, thank you. And guys, with that, we will, we hope you have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I'd be honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program called Thrive Club that I'd like to invite you to join. We address challenges, we work on goals, and ultimately we thrive together. There's group coaching, individual coaching, and hundreds of hours of courses and content that I've created just for you. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then come check out Thrive Club at luckysanders.com forward slash membership.